It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rams Nation, what's happening? What's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. Guys, I'm super excited. This is the Wednesday edition of Lockdown Rams. We are back to our fully regular schedule. We took the week off. We started yesterday. If you guys missed the episode, go back, check it out. We kind of did an overview of the NFL and some of the news that has been happening. Today, I'm really excited. We've got a first-time guest. I kind of teased it yesterday. We've got Jake Ellenbogen from Downtown Rams. He's going to be joining us uh, throughout the offseason and some people from Downtown Rams. So, Jake, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, Barry. I appreciate it. Um, I'm really excited to just dive right in, man. Same here. Same here. And, guys, if you guys aren't familiar, you got to go check out Jake at Downtown Rams. Puts out amazing content, not only through the web and on social media, but on the podcast as well. And, you know, I consider myself a huge sports fan and really – uh, you know, digging into the NFL and all sports, really. But one of the things I love about Jake is he is very technical, very into the draft, which obviously we've got a bunch of that coverage coming up. So, Jake, real quick, tell everyone where they can find you, kind of how Downtown Rams started and, and kind of, you know, how this all kind of got running with uh, your Rams coverage. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, it got started. We'll, we'll go there. Um, you know, basically, I'm just I'm a college dropout and I was just trying to to do something. Um, my really, my journalism teacher said I had a gift and said I just needed to write my own stuff. So, um, you know, I, I got into that. And when I was about to start downtown Rams, um, then Rams wire kept, you know, they came over and they grabbed me and I wrote there for about three months. And then I was just so ready to start downtown Rams in the summer of 2016 that I did so. And, um, you know, I had some great, people come on board and you know here we are going into our third season and i mean it's just been a blast um you know obviously we've expanded from just a website with you know articles um to you know more of a multimedia assault on the <laughs> on the mind there uh, yeah. cuz we now have uh you know the podcast um we have a really uh, fun Instagram that that's coming. So, um, you know, you can check that out as well, but, um, you know, just really, you know, engaging the audience and, uh, you know, I think that the biggest thing, you know, with content like you and I, um, is you want to have something that's engaging. You want to have something that's inviting, keep yourself grounded in a sense. You're still, you know, just like everybody else, you're very down to earth. Um, but also be able to be that analyst, be able to, you know, say the things that maybe, you know, somebody that goes on ESPN or, or, you know, an NFL network might not hear, um, for instance, Rams content when they're four and 12, you know, we were right. there for that. And, you know, uh, yeah, I just think that's really the key there. You obviously, you want to be able to bring, you know, somebody, um, you know, content when they're four and 12, you also want to be there when they they're, you know, a Super Bowl contender. And, you know, I think that's really the, the key here. I think growth is, is a lot of fun, but, you got to be able to build that audience and you have to build a, a fun audience and an engaging audience. So it's, it's been a lot of fun doing that. 
Um, if you guys haven't heard of Downtown Rams, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Downtown Rams, easy enough, uh, at Downtown Rams on Facebook and Instagram at Downtown Rams as well. So um, we also have a little Discord channel. Um, so, you know, if you're interested in that, I'll post links on the Downtown Rams, uh, you know, social media accounts. Um, so it's really just a, uh, a DTR quote unquote Ramley, um, where I just have this giant discord channel that has over like a hundred people in it and trying to build that. So really, I mean, that's what I've been doing, man. Um, you know, it's, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, I, I got to thank people like Blaine Greasack and, um, you know, I have to thank, you know, Joe Curley of the Ventura County star, uh, who's been, you know, constant, um, he's pretty much been my co-host, you know, for the, the NFL season. And now I'm really excited, um, to, you know, what Alexis Kraft, our, our new, our newest member of, uh, downtown Rams has brought to the table. I, I think she's really killing it. And, you know, she's really been, you know, the forefront of putting out these interviews. Cause as you guys, um, anybody that knows me, and, and of course, you know me, man, but, um, you know, I love interviews, but man, she's really been pushing them more and more than awesome. ever. So, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Dude, that's awesome. And you bring up Alexis Kraft and we'll, we'll talk about her throughout, you know, the next couple times we chat and hopefully get her on as well. And I just listened to your guys's uh, mock draft that you guys were doing. You put out day one, day two mock drafts uh, and go check those out. Those are awesome. And we'll talk about those a little bit later in the show. But that's one of the reasons I'm really excited to talk to you, because, again, so much knowledge and so much stuff that you guys you put in the energy to go down uh, to the senior bowl and, and you know, kind of get these guys on and chat with them, whether they're, you know, have a chance with landing with the Rams or not just really trying to find NFL talent and get to talk about that. Uh, so I do, I appreciate, you know, that side of things that you're doing. And it's crazy because you talked about that, man, three years ago when we talked, we were talking about a four win team all the time. And I always try and think about how do I get on the mic again and not have to complain about Jeff Fisher? How do I, I've been there. I've done it. I've, <laughs> I've torn them apart. We know why we're upset. We need to change things. And it was like, you, but you kept producing content. And next thing you know, here we are this year and we're, you know, get to a point where we're 10 and 0, 11 and 0, whatever it was before we lost. And, and you're going, man, how do I get on the mic and not say our team is unstoppable? And it's so crazy to think how fast it went from, you know, complaining and, and having to look at this team that was, you know, down at the bottom of the league to going, man, I can't see a flaw in what they're doing and trying to find a way to critique them. So we've we've had both sides of that coin and, and getting ready and kind of conversating about this Rams team. And uh, but it's fun to be on this side. I'll, I'll definitely say that getting to kind of cover a team, even though we came up short in the Super Bowl. You know, I love all the hate, all the haters online and your team's trash and this and that. I'm like, dude, we got to the Super Bowl. Like, it doesn't get much better than that. The only other thing that does is if you win it. Uh, but it was a great season, and and this is where it all starts. You know, you talk about a lot of people. Okay, season's over. Check out. Well, the off season is where you rebuild. You know, you start to look at some of those holes. You start having free agency. You start to have guys like A. B. All of a sudden, come out and go. You know, I'm the number one, number top three wide receiver in the game, and he doesn't want to be on team anymore. There's always a story. There's always something to talk about. And getting back into the draft, and I know that's something that you've put a lot of energy into, and we'll pick your brain throughout this episode about some of the things that you saw when you're down at the Senior Bowl and, uh, you know, what we can look at as far as Rams and moving forward. But just in general, if you look at this year's draft class versus last year's draft class, is it stronger? Is it weaker? What are your thoughts just overall as a draft class coming into this year? You know, it's a it's a very good question that you, you pose there. And I think it's uh, it's closer than people think. 
Um, so I, I want to say this really quickly because I don't want to take too much time out of, you know, the rest of the show. But I mean, I'll tell you right now, uh, you know, last year's draft class is going to be considered one of the best because they had guys like Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield and Josh. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, uh, Sam Darnold. So, you know, even, um, you know, senior bowl MVP, Kyle Lalletta. So they had, you know, those quarterbacks and. You notice I mentioned quarterbacks. I think that's really the first thing that people think of when they're they're looking at a draft class. Well, you know, the quarterbacks just aren't good enough. And, and look, if this is a draft this year that you're trying to find your franchise quarterback, I do believe you can find them, but it's not as, you know, pick and choose like it was last year. In right. My opinion. I think this year, you know, you're going to have to have a plan. Like, for instance, somebody like a Dwayne Haskins, who's my number one quarterback right now. Um, you know, Dwayne Haskins, I think makes a lot of sense for the giants could go right in there. We saw what Pat Shermer did with Sam Bradford kind of create a really, really conservative game plan that kind of welcomes him to the NFL in, in a good way. We saw Sam Bradford win rookie of the year with the Rams. A lot of that was because of Pat Shermer. Let's be real here. So I think, you know, there, there are quarterbacks like that in this class, but overall this class, I would say can make a run for their money. Um, as a better class than last year. If you don't look at quarterbacks, and I think that there's a lot of potential in guys like Tyree Jackson, who may not be able to start day one, but they have unbelievable potential. Um, I love the linebackers in this class, at least at the top. And then I think really the safeties. If you're looking for a class, I think safety is very you know, depth filled there corners. You kind of have your big five and then, you know, there's a little bit of a drop off, but I like that on um, the offensive line is stout, really good tight end class. So, you know, if you're not like, you know, chomping at the bit to see Tyler Higby and, and Gerald Everett, um, this might be a, a draft class for you because there's a lot of um, players out there that could kind of, you know, fill right in. Um, I will say right now, Brad, I mean, this is like the biggest wide receiver class I've ever scouted. I wow. mean, it is, it is unbelievable and it's kind of, you know, now being what the Rams are, um, you know, obviously they, they don't need it, but, um, it kind of irks me a little bit because it's <laughs> like, where were you, where, where were you when we, you know, had to draft, uh, Marty Gilliard, you know, like it, it's that simple. Like, you know, it's, uh, I, you know, these classes are kind of coming now, but, um, you know, it's kind of like then, you know, I would have loved to see, you know, somebody like AJ Brown or, or DK Metcalf there for the Rams to pick instead of, you know, again, like a Marty Gilliard, not, right. not even just to trash him, but like, that's, that was like the best that were available. So, um, you know, I think this, this draft class is a lot of fun. And if you're looking for defensive interior line, I got news for you. Um, there's a lot of good ones. Um, I've interviewed quite a few so far and especially the edge as well. So if you, you know, aren't totally sold on, you know, the edge guys on the Rams or, you for some reason don't believe that Dante Fowler is worth uh, any bit of money, um, then, you know, this class is also for you. So I guess it's kind of a longer answer than I anticipated, but it's a good class. And, and I think people need to be more excited about the draft. And I think that's really what we're trying to do here, um, you know, at Downtown Rams is, um, you know, we're just trying to, to spread the love. And, and, you know, I watch film on all these guys. So I'm trying to put out draft profiles while also trying to interview and, you know, go on different podcasts and write articles, you know, so it's a little, you know, time consuming, but I'm trying to put a profile out on every single player um, that I can and, and, you know, try to get people more in tuned in the draft. And it, it's not easy, but you know, I'm, I'm trying it. <laughs> 
I love it. You're off to a good start, man. And even that answer, I mean, I was writing down stuff and I'm thinking, man, we're going to have stuff to talk about for weeks and weeks as, as you kind of break it down some of these because there's so many different ways to think about it. I mean, you talked about the tight end class is awesome. And if you're not convinced with our tight ends, we could have a whole conversation just about tight ends. And do we think we're going in the right direction with Higby and Everett? Or we need, do we need to look to add somebody in there? Or, you know, I mean, did they get enough love in the regular season? Or is it, you know, a, is it a product of their system? Would it be a mess to bring in somebody else? Uh, so even just kind of in your answer there, you know, I'm already thinking of tons of things that we can talk about over the next handful of weeks and months and, and kind of break this thing down. But what we're going to do right now is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to get some words from a few of our sponsors. We'll be right back on the other side. Wednesday edition, Lockdown Rams, Bear and Jake, right after this. The suns rise in Orlando, but their playoff hopes set in the West. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Despite finishing a perfect 8-0 in the NBA bubble, the Phoenix Suns are leaving without a playoff berth. Check out Locked On Suns today for a postmortem on an amazing run by Devin Booker and company. That's all thanks to tiebreakers and a Karis LeVert jumper that rimmed out, giving the Portland Trailblazers a win and a meeting with the Memphis Grizzlies in a play-in series for the Western Conference 8th seed. That begins on Saturday. Beginning today, all of the Locked On NBA playoff teams will be previewing the playoffs with special crossover shows. Scout your team and your opponent on the Locked On Podcast Network. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Rams Nation, we are back Wednesday edition. Super excited to have Jake from Downtown Rams on the show. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar, go check out the podcast, the website, all the social media accounts at Downtown Rams. And while you're at it, we are at Locked On Rams. Again, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook group. We've got it all. You can find the show on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts. I mean, it's a podcast. Wherever podcasts are at, both of us are probably there pumping out content. So go check us out. Hit the follow. Hit the subscribe uh, and check out the content, support what we're doing. We really appreciate it. Uh, and then just kind of jump it back into the draft because that got me excited, man. Your last answer and all the different possibility and all the question marks and all the different positions. And you talk about getting to the Super Bowl and having that taste and thinking, what's the missing piece to get us back? Is it rebuilding within? Is it trying to go outside the building and free agency and draft? We have some draft picks coming up, uh, but I want to get continue to talk to you about some of the things that you had done. You went down to the senior bowl. Uh, just talk to us a little bit about that experience down at the senior bowl. I know they had some crazy weather down there. Was it different from years past? Uh, maybe some of the guys that jumped out to you just overall senior bowl experience for you. Oh, so <laughs> I mean, it was just amazing. Um, you know, it was amazing last year going there, you know, second year. I definitely liked it more because I, I had already had a taste of it. Well, you know, it's kind of bittersweet, you know, having, you know, your first shot at it and not really because I mean, I'll be honest with you, Barry, like that, that was the first time I had done anything like that. Um, last yeah. year, I had never gone out of state on my own 
to a state I've never been to. And I had never been without quote unquote, like a chaperone. Like I'd never been with like, you know, a, a parent <laughs> Spread the wings. Or, I love it. You know, never been with a parent or never been with a friend. So, you know, it was, it was very weird. And, um, you know, I was really bummed because, uh, my friend Jillian, she was actually going to go last year with me. Uh, she was going to be my photographer and, I mean, I recommend it, you know, if you're trying to break into photography, sports photography, or, you know, just journalism or anything like, I mean, I absolutely 100% recommend the senior bowl. Um, they do such a great job of accommodating, um, anybody that has, uh, you know, credentials, um, credentials are easier to get than, than you would think. Um, you just want to have a platform, you know, because they won't give it to you if, if you don't have a platform. Um, like for instance, bear, if if you were to apply, you'd get them, um, it doesn't necessarily mean just the draft, you know, but like, for instance, if somebody's like, you know, Joe's blog and, you know, it's about baseball, probably not going to work. So, you know, it has to be relevant, you know, relevant media. And uh, I'll be honest, last year um, I applied, I got, you know, accepted. I was really excited. I, and I've never said this before, but I actually didn't get my own seat reserved Cause there was a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of seats in the press box. I didn't get my own seat right. reserved in the press box. I just got lucky, um, that this guy, Sydney didn't end up, uh, <laughs> showing up. So, uh, <laughs> shout out to Sydney <laughs> for not coming. So, uh, yeah, he covers like, uh, what was it? The big 10 or something. It was a big 10 website. I don't know, but, uh, but yeah, I, you know, I didn't get it last year. And then this year, you know, I find myself sitting next to, uh, Scott, uh, Shoup at my, butcher that name but if you don't know who he is he's actually the founder of fan speak which i was like dude i use your your stuff all the time like you know what i mean so, <laughs> so that was that was crazy um and then you know i was next to uh, uh joe everett i believe his name was so um you know really nice guys i just really recommend it the experience is so fun um you know throughout the week there's so much stuff to do obviously the practices and then i mean just think you know about the you know, as long as you're you're 21, you know, the the nightlife, you know, down you get oh, to there it is. You, you get to hang out with these guys that you follow on Twitter and may look up to, you know. So, um, you know, it's really cool with that. But media day, um, I got to say, you know, media day is something else. Uh, you know, it, it obviously, the, you know, this year I didn't interview as many guys as I did last year at media day. I was more post practice, post game, um, but it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, I just, I really enjoy something like that because it, I don't get that here. You know, I live in upstate New York there's not really much for me to, to work on as far as NFL. And, you know, I'm not trying, trying to, you know, stray too far away from the Rams. So, you know, in that regard, I, I'm not really trying to go up to MetLife and start covering the giants. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. you know, there's not really a ton of opportunity. So, you know, I love the senior bowl. Um, I'm actually, you know, next year, I'd love to go to the Senior Bowl, the the Combine, and, uh, you know, I'd love to try and go to St. Petersburg. Um, I was just talking to two guys that'll be on the podcast, um, and uh, they were at the East-West Shrine game. So I, I'd love to, to cover that as well. But I just, I recommend it because I think people are so open. Um, you could have your Matt Waldman here and your Matt Miller here. And if you don't know those guys, you definitely have to check them out because they do great stuff. But I think that's really the, the key, man, is, you know, you could be nervous and you know, Jerry Jones will sit next to you, you know, like, I mean, like Jerry Jones sat next to me on the bleachers last year. Like we had a little bit of a conversation. So, um, and then I saw him this year and he recognized me. So I, I thought that was really cool, but, um, the experience was awesome. And, and you know, I, I don't want to get too much into it. Cause obviously I could go on for days. 
Um, also, shout out really quick uh, the story here, Brad. Uh, shout out to uh, Marcel Louis Jacques. He actually covers the uh, Panthers for the Charlotte Observer, and okay. uh, it, this is this is kind of a funny story. So, you know, it's my last uh, my last day before I I transfer hotels because I stay at um the quality in yeah i bet i basically stay on a budget it's it's all good but i uh hey man yeah. it's in mobile isn't it yeah <laughs> i mean so, i can't imagine they have too many uh luxury suites down in, in mobile but i could be wrong yeah i mean they get that's they not got a bad good that's stuff not... but i'm not i'm not touching that yet so <laughs> so uh you know i'm staying at the quality Inn, and i'm about to get ready you know the night before um i have to head out and go over the la quinto which is actually further than the stadium but i do it every well i did it it's the same thing I did the year prior uh, because it's close to the airport. When you have a 4 a.m. flight that you have to catch, yeah, trust me, you can thank me later. So, um, you know, I uh, it was actually funny because I was ordering pizza because I was I planned on, you know, stopping, getting you know Uber Eats or whatever. Uber Eats wasn't going to you know do anything for my area for some reason. So I was like, oh, I'll just order pizza. I had all these points. So I got uh, pizza from Pizza Hut and, uh, you know, comes to the door and I, I go outside and, and Marcel um, he had his his badge on and I had taken my credentials off. So he was kind of like, why is he talking about the senior bowl? I was like, oh, did you enjoy a senior bowl? He's like, yeah, like, you know, he's, and then yeah, we who both, are you? Yeah, we both come out and, uh, you know, the pizza lady, she can't find us. So we both sure enough, uh, you know, we have we both ordered pizza and, you know, I invited him over and we just started, you know, talking. I find out, you know, this is one of the guys that I saw throughout my time in Mobile um and you know he was about to head out that was his last night and we were just talking um you know just media stuff and you know how he he constantly covers the panthers like he's credentialed with the nfl so you know it was really awesome you know to be able to to, to have that we we basically watched like old super bowls and just ate pizza so it was kind of a funny story because i didn't know who he was and he didn't know who i was and it basically pizza kind of made us friends so <laughs> you know it's it's pizza football it, it all comes together man I, I love that and that's the cool thing about those events is you know you get a bunch of people together you talked about it. it's in it's in mobile it's it's a smaller event but you get a lot of the big name people and people that cover the nfl and and you're all kind of mixed back there and there's no vip area you know maybe there is but not to the sense of where you can't get access like you're saying to people uh, I actually I did have credentials. I was looking into going. I had a family event that actually kind of trumped it. And uh, it was going to be tough to basically say, hey, I'm going to go to Mobile instead of hang out with you guys. Uh, but I do. I want to get down there, too, because it seems like a bunch of fun. It's kind of it almost is like a football camp. You know, you're going down there and you're watching all the drills and, you know, kind of getting some access to people. So, you know, I love hearing those stories. And just as far as the player perspective, was there a guy or two that kind of came down there that maybe wasn't on your map or was really low down on the map that kind of stood out that jumped the board that, you know, teams may have kind of perked up about. I mean, if you think about for the Rams, I think 10 of the 11 draft picks they had um, in the years past came from uh, the senior bowl. So these are, these are the type of guys that the Rams are looking at. And a lot of people are looking at, but was there anyone that had big movement in the few days that you were down there? Yeah. And, you know, I think that's uh that's a really good question because, you know, there are guys like Corey Ballantyne where I was like, oh, he went to Washburn and I'm, all, you know, I'm one of those people. I've been considered an underdog by people. And I mean, I don't play, you know, sports right now, so it's not quite that. But, um, you know, I, I kind of hone in on underdogs. Uh, you know, that's kind of yep. how I started interviewing prospects because I was interviewing guys that were kind of, you know, on the fence of being drafted or not. And so, 
you know, I look at somebody like Corey Ballantyne who catches my eye because he's from Washburn, a, a D2 school. Um, I'm pretty sure it was the Washburn Ichabods, you know, that. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, you know, it's it's funny. We we kind of joked about that on the uh, the podcast recently, but he really, um, you know, stood out to me because when I went to the Senior Bowl, all I was hearing about the Penn State kid, Amani Oberwarie, and look, like, I think he's talented. I think he's physical, but there were other guys that really stood out and they were talking about Amani kind of, you know, being in that same tier as a greedy Williams from LSU or a Byron Murphy from Washington or uh, a Deandre Baker uh, from Georgia. So, you know, I was really, my eyes were glued to him and I was not as impressed as I wanted to be, but Corey Washburn, or Corey Washburn, Corey Ballantyne from Washburn, um, you know, day one, he struggles and I'm kind of like, all right, day two gets rained out. You mentioned the weather. That was strange because yeah. they, they moved to the new facility at uh, South Alabama, but it wasn't big enough to really have a ton of media. So only there could only be two representatives from each NFL team for scouts and, and like the media couldn't go. So <clears throat> I remember Daniel Jeremiah during the, uh, the game, he said, like, he, you know, his 13 years of covering it or whatever, he's never even heard of that. So probably right. a, a once in a, a generation type thing. And of course, I happen to be there, but we, <laughs> we, we won't go into that. But uh, no, I was really grateful for it. And then we, you know, day three, Ballantyne jumped off the page for me, uh, making play after play, very twitchy athlete, um, obviously can backpedal. I thought, you know, he showed some physicality He's a smaller corner. Um, but I think, you know, he could really hold his own on the outside. And, you know, I, I'm not really a huge fan of the, you know, the way some people like kind of, I mean, I can totally understand you. Richard Sherman's kind of, you know, his success at six foot three, you know, it, it was rare, but I don't think we should knock smaller corners if they, as long as they right. know how the, you know, to play the position, if they have the technique, um, if they have the ability I really think anybody can play on the outside. And I mean, I credit Nickel Ruby Coleman, you know, because while he gets a lot of flack from the saints, um, let's not, (laughs) you know, let's not take away from how great of a player he is at five foot seven, you know, like that, that shouldn't happen. Um, you know, per what everybody, you know, wants to say, but I think he plays well outside and inside. So, you know, Ballantyne's kind of somebody like that. Um, I didn't get a chance to speak with him. I was kind of bummed, um, he had his family, so I totally understand that. He jumped right into the audience after the game and hung out with his family. Um, but I was able to speak with guys like Tyree Jackson, and um, I, I was able to speak with Trace McSorley, Gardner Minshew, um, you know, uh, Bruce Anderson. So, you know, a, a bunch of guys. I mean, Oli Udo um, talking about somebody that really made a name for himself at the Shrine game, getting called up from Elon College. Uh, so that was pretty Man. crazy. And, you know, just uh, Will Harris was a fun one because, um, you know, he's from Boston College and they're really carving out a little DBU out there. And, you know, obviously with John Johnson and then you have Cam Moore and, um, yep. you know, all those all those guys, Justin Simmons, um, you know, Isaac Yadam, who was there last year. So, you know, they have a lot of talent. And, uh, you know, I was talking to, to Will Harris about their little group chat that they have. And, you know, this is right before the Super Bowl, keep in mind. So he's like, I'm really excited to see John John, you know, go to work in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it just it was really cool to hear from him. And I asked him if he wanted to play for, you know, for the Rams and and be next to John, John. And he, Oh my God, he lost his mind. He's like, Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's really, that was the theme here, man. You know, I, I mean, I, 
everybody that I talk to, it's either, oh, you know, I would love to play in LA or, oh, I love Sean McVay. And, you know, it, it was, it was really cool. I mean, um, you know, talking to different guys like Terrell Hanks, who, uh, the New Mexico state linebacker, if you don't know who he is, um, write him down right now. Like if you're listening to this podcast, write him down right now, because Terrell Hanks, is going to I, I mean I think he's very Deion Jones like and if you don't know who Deion Jones is he's a superstar uh linebacker he's one of the best he's a new age linebacker Terrell Hanks is a former defensive back um which is not a guy that I had on my radar because we're talking about Ballantyne um Hanks isn't somebody I really knew about until you know I went back and watched the film after seeing uh days one and two or days one and three and went back watched the film before the game and I was like Oh my God. Um, you know, he would be huge next to Littleton. So, you know, remember that name, uh, seeing somebody that, that, you know, that fluid in coverage. Um, but is that, you know, I mean, he is so good at shedding blocks and that's something I know a lot of linebackers for the Rams have struggled with. Um, so, you know, I think he'd be a great fit and there are just, you know, other guys, obviously Mark Fields, um, somebody that comes from Clemson and I thought he dominated the week. Um, it's a little, you know, uncertain what happened with him he didn't play a lot um so you know he he you know when i talked to him right after the senior bowl game um you know he told me he's met with the rams a lot and his dad actually played on the super bowl team he started on the super bowl team mark fields um he started on the super bowl team against the patriots so you know there's a little uh, family connection there full um, circle there yeah yeah so there, there are guys like that uh rocky sin from temple who admitted to getting uh destroyed by debo all week and <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> and, and the rams met with him as well as nasir adderley i got a chance to speak with him uh you know the guy basically won the game for his team you know, picking off tyree jackson and of course Amon. Uh, Marshall, uh, USC guy. I'm sure you have your USC fans that listen. And um, oh yeah, Biggie Marshall, man, he he was really excited to one inter, you know, do the interview with me because um, he's sitting there after the game at a podium and no one knows who he is. And <laughs> like, hello, I'm ready. <laughs> and and the funny thing is, man, is that a lot of these like big name, you know, journalists, uh, not not big name, but like you, you know, like the local news and like the, those you know print media those guys don't know who they are and they don't want to ask. They don't want to be the guy. Right. Like, so, you know, anybody that's going out there, I'll just say this right now, ask who they are. I, I asked him, are you Amon Marshall? I actually, I said, are you Biggie Marshall? He's like, boy, yes, I am. Like, you know, yeah, he's, he's like, <laughs> even got it on the nickname. I love it. Yeah. So like, you know, you just, you got to ask. And uh, another thing that my, uh, my friend Lance Crawford, who's a huge Rams fan, definitely have to go follow him on Twitter. Um, he does uh, local sports news for uh, mobile. I actually met him last year and, uh, you know, he was awesome. Like he got me, um, you know, an old special teams hat that, you know, Dick for had custom made. And, um, you know, he took me out to, uh, lunch a few times and gave me some rides. Cause I mean, Uber is, yeah, it runs you dry, man. You know, it's a lot. Yeah. If you're trying to, uh, you know, kind of bouncing use... back and forth. Oh, yeah. Like if you're trying to save for a trip like that, you know, you have to count all of that into it. So he was huge in helping me kind of, you know, keep my bill low. And um, also, I mean, you know, Lance is somebody that gave me the the subtle tip. It's it's short, but it makes a lot of sense. And here's what it is. If you want to interview a player and, and say it's a media day or post practice or post game. Say the player's first name. Don't say their last. And wait as soon as they finish what they're you know they're saying, 
And, you know, you hear a reporter say last question. The guy is about to finish what he's saying. Say his name because they it worked for me. They instantly come to you. And, you know, because think about it. Like, you know, if I were to be like, hey, Mater, like what? <laughs> or if I was like, yeah, <laughs> hey, hey, bear, like what? What? You know, attracts your attention more, you know, like like same thing if hey, Ellen Bogan. Hey, Jake. I mean, although Ellen Bogan's kind of out there, so I might be like, what the what? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> who knows that? Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's a it's a tip. I, I thought it was well, cool. I figured I'd share it. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. And it's uh, some great experiences from the Senior Bowl. And we appreciate hearing it. What we're going to do is we're going to step aside. I got some questions on the other side to wrap this thing up a little more Ram centric. Uh, great stuff from the draft or from the, sorry, from the senior bowl there. We'll be right back. We're going to take a quick break, get a couple words from some sponsors. We'll be back on the other side, Wednesday edition. We got Jake and bear locked on Rams right after this. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked On Fantasy Football with your Locked On Fantasy Football Edge of the Day. Tight end is a prime position for finding fantasy football sleeper value in 2020. After George Kittle and Travis Kelsey go off the board early, don't worry. You can wait and still get some great return for a starter at the position. The two prime targets both have HH for initials, the Chargers Hunter Henry and the Falcons Hayden Hurst. A healthy Henry can have a monster downfield receiving season for new QB Tyrod Taylor and carries high TD upside. As for Hurst, he's stepping right into the productive spot vacated by Austin Hooper in Atlanta as key support to Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Trust in Henry a little earlier and Hurst a little later to give you some pleasing tight end one results. Get the edge in your fantasy football league every day by listening to Locked On Fantasy Football on your preferred podcast provider. All right, guys, we are back. Third and final segment. We've got Jake from Downtown Rams breaking it down, talking about Senior Bowl, talking about all these prospects. Get your pen and paper out because there are a lot of names that you may know, you may not know. Some may end up in a Rams uniform. Uh, you know, you look at these mock drafts and you're going to do a ton of them. You guys are already off and running. I was listening today on some of the ones you guys had. You did the first round. You did the second round. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on some of these? Have you taken a look? I know Bell Kuyper just put out one of his first mocks and it kind of was trending on Twitter. Uh, when you look at some of these big name guys and the mocks they're doing, uh, is it pretty similar to what, you know, you guys are doing at downtown or, or at this point, is it really just kind of, throwing a dart at the board and, and really kind of taking a path and, and seeing how things could fit? Or is it all everyone's kind of pretty close on, on, on what they're predicting at this point? Yeah, I think it's all over the place. Um, you know, I think somebody that I love in this draft, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, write that name down, um, from Florida, defensive back, can play free safety, strong safety, uh, slot corner, you know, boundary corner. Um, you know, he's somebody that I feel is a guaranteed first-round pick. You know, I think when you look at, you know, the fact that his production and just his overall consistency improved year to year, that's something I like. When you look at his ball skills, that's something I really like. When you look at his range, that's something I really like. And the versatility really is the icing on the cake. So, um, you know, there are players like that that I just think there's no way that I wouldn't pick him in the first round. And I think he makes a lot of sense for the Rams. But 
then there's, you know, people out there that would say he's a late second and you were listening to the podcast, um, the, the mock draft. I got Chauncey Garner Johnson, but I got him late in the second round. So it was kind of weird the way the draft played out. Um, you know, obviously it's a live draft. So, you know, you're kind of, you know, trying to figure out what you're doing, you know, every pick and, um, I, to me, I think somebody like that would be first round, but you know, I think more so Barrett, like when you look at, you know, really like raw boomer bust prospects, you could see guys from the third round to the first round. I mean, it, the variation, it's only February. Um, it's not even the combine yet. It, it's getting there. Right. We're almost there, but I feel like we really, it's like you said, we're, we're throwing darts at a board. Um, we have a general idea, like a guy is a, first day second day guy but you know the third day guy kind of bleeds into the second day the first the first day guy doesn't really bleed in the third day so i think it's really that's kind of how it works um and and you know how no one wants to say some guy is undraftable unless it's me who comes out and says because i couldn't stand the hype behind uh christian hackenberg i'm sorry but not a (laughs) fan of him at all and I, hey, you were pretty spot on on that one then. Yeah, I said he was undraftable and he went in the second round and people thought it's <laughs> out of my mind. But, you know, um, <laughs> it's just it's and now he's like in that. the AAF. Yeah. Well, and, and yes. he's, he's not very good in the AAF. That, that's the <laughs> yes. <thing>. So and <laughs> he carried that name and, and playing with Penn State pretty well to, to get drafted where it was at. I, I was with you on that one. I don't know if undraftable I would have stuck to that one. But I mean, looking at where he's been and how his production happened and how almost every team in the NFL, I mean, he started getting traded and people just didn't. I mean, he was on a team then dropped pretty quick. I mean. Uh, yeah, and then when you get John Gruden as one of your last stops, I think the rest of uh, the NFL and people around are shaking their heads saying, it's over, man, give it up. Uh, <laughs> time to go to the AAF. Uh, that's awesome, though. But, man, I'm, I'm so excited to pick your brain over the next, like I said, weeks and months and kind of this this draft because talking about, you know, you're just talking about doing that live draft. And it, the only thing that I can relate to it, I've done a couple mock drafts, but usually it's it's online and it's with people I don't know and it's been kind of, you know, that scenario of situation, nothing live and podcasting. Maybe we can look into doing one of those be fun, but uh, it kind of goes back to that fantasy football draft. And and that's the closest thing I compare it to. And when you are staring at a guy going, you're in the fifth round, sixth round, whatever it may be. And you're like, this is my guy. This is my guy. And all of a sudden two picks before you, he gets taken. And that was the funny thing is kind of listening to you guys do your mocks and you know, some of these lo- live mock drafts that they're doing, even on the uh, lockdown Rams, uh, Lockdown Rams NFL draft. They do a lot of mocks on there as well. And and when someone gets pulled right in front of you and your whole game plan is now screwed and you got to go back to the drawing board and figure out fit and position and round and all those type of things, there's so many fun things to break down in it. And as you're looking at this draft and you're kind of looking and you talked about all the prospects that are exciting, you know, deep linebackers, uh, deep in the safety position, tight end. Some of those are Rams needs. I mean, you could hear about a, a linebacker edge, uh, there's even talks about what are we doing with Joiner and are we going to be looking to get another safety in the draft? So it sounds like this draft kind of fits up pretty well with the the needs of the Rams. Is that a fair statement to say? I would agree with you. Um, I mean, you mentioned Joiner. I absolutely believe he can be replaced. And I actually did an article um, fairly recently. I think it was a couple days ago. It was, I forget the exact title, but it was really comparing the the safeties in the draft to the safeties in free agency and why I believe and, and this surprises people, but I believe the Rams need to stay clear 
uh, or steer clear rather, um, you know, of, uh, you know, picking up anybody in free agency for, for top dollar, you know, cause I, I actually, you know, uh, it, the title of the article was with a deep safety draft coming up. Why would the Rams sign any safety in, you know, free agent. And, and to right. me, it just like, I look at it and I'm like, Earl Thomas, he's missed 21 games over the course of the last three seasons. Um, he's coming off a season ending ankle injury where it was like he shattered his ankle. Um, I'm not sure if I want to pay that guy $11 million, uh, you know, right away. Yeah. Ha ha. Clinton Dix is an interesting one. Landon Collins, uh, Trey Boston has been mentioned, but I mean, Trey Boston was, I mean, he signed for pennies on the dollar and, and it was like, you know, it's 2 million a year and he didn't get signed until his former, uh, defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, or rather defensive backs coach, Steve Wilkes, uh, brought him on when Steve Wilkes was the head coach of, the Cardinals. So, you know, that's a little weird. Um, I think Adrian Amos is somebody that you could consider, but you know, I look at it, I think the the conclusion for me anyway in the article is that I think they need to, you know, really take a, a look at Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Um, you know, versatility that you know Lamarcus Joyner brought to the table, I don't think can be, you know, understated, overstated. I mean, it's it's something that is huge for a team. And and when I look at you know, Gardner Johnson, I think he he checks all the boxes. People will bring up Nasir Adderley because, you know, of course, you know, the cruel thing I do, Bear, is I'll bring up a prospect and then he'll go off at the combine and then Rams fans still think he's obtainable. Um, right, right. <laughs> so in this case, Nasir Adderley didn't wait that long after I was talking him up at 31. He didn't wait long to go to the senior bowl and absolutely annihilate it, um, including the game. So yeah, that was fun. Um, but well, I do love the idea of a, a Johnson and Johnson in, in the secondary kind of patrolling the safeties and, and holding it down. And I'm with you on Joyner. I mean, I think he can definitely be replaced depending on what type of money he wants. I mean, I think that's the biggest question is, is he excited to come back to a Rams team that just made a run to the Super Bowl that's got this secondary of veterans and a group that played pretty well together, especially at the end of the year? Or is he like most NFL players and most human beings and saying, hey, I, I went and played and even though this year wasn't as strong as years in the past, he can definitely parlay that all together and get some money, more money elsewhere. And that is the big question because I'm with you. I, I think there's definitely an opportunity to fill that void, whether that's through the draft, which it sounds like you just some of the names that you mentioned, we could do that there. Uh, you mentioned Earl Thomas. I'm, I, I have got to admit, I am a sucker for Earl Thomas. I would <laughs> love to see that because I don't know if it's, you know, kind of having this connection. I, I grew up in the Seattle area for a long time and, and just pulling one of their players who, you know, was left the field with a middle finger to the organization and getting a chance to play them two times, I think, coming off the injury. I don't think we're going to have to pay him $11 million. I think he, at this point he'd understand, you know, what his resume looks like as far as injuries in the past. And, you know, now we're putting on the table, hey, you get to play the Seahawks two times a year. You know, let's work a deal out that works best, best for both of us. Uh, so I would love to see if, if there is a switching or changing of the guard with a safety that's already in the league. I would love it to be Earl Thomas. That is just a guilty pleasure. That man is so fun to watch. But you're right. There has been a lot of injuries. And if he starts to demand a lot of money and if he really wants to play for the Cowboys, like it seems, you know, we all understand that's been, you know, one of his dreams and even going to the locker room a few years ago. So, um, you know, interesting at the safety position. And that's, you know, we could have a whole podcast on the safety position and kind of talking about the different areas that we could go. But I really think, you know, weirdly, John Johnson, I think he kind of 
put Joyner in a interesting spot because I think his play, his elite play that we've seen, you know, in just a few years out of Boston College has kind of made Joyner uh, dispendable in a, in a sense. You know, we, we kind of can look to Johnson and be like, hey, you, you could run this really in, in the back end of the secondary. We just need to find somebody else that can fit in with you, uh, which is a weird way to look at one teammate kind of maybe kicking out another one just with his elite play. Uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's just my take on it. But at safety position, I don't think I want to give, you know, as you're looking at our roster up and down, I think it's fair to say you would almost agree to it. But I don't want to give a lot of money to that position when there's else, you know, when there's quality play elsewhere, whether that's through the draft or maybe finding a, a cheaper free agent out there or a guy on a one year deal like Earl Thomas. Because if you think about it, I mean, Joyner was basically on that one year deal with the franchise tag and and he didn't really play up to us wanting to give him a bunch of money long term. You saw us do it twice in a row to Tremaine Johnson, trying to have him basically prove, you know, he had a couple breakout seasons and we kept kind of franchise tagging him saying, well, maybe he'll be elite and consistent and we'll have this good feeling about him. We'll want to extend him. That never really was the case. I don't see us going down that lane again, but uh, lots of opportunity at the safety position, lots of opportunity at the edge and linebacker and um, position. And that's the exciting thing. I guess before we get out of here, we'll leave it with one more. And this will be an open-ended question because this is something we're going to pick up next time and continue to go. But the Rams are picking at 31. Uh, we come into this draft short of picks, not not as short as we've been in years past. And we'll get some uh, compensatory picks in the, in the weeks coming as that kind of uh, works itself out. Uh, but looking at that 31st pick, do you pick best available right there, whether it's a uh, linebacker, edge rusher, uh, offensive lineman, which we haven't got to talk about much uh, this podcast, but that's a possibility at that point. Or do you trade back? Are you taking best available? Or are you trading back and looking for more picks at 31? So you can really go anyway. Um, I, I'll be fine with whatever the Rams do because I, I do have um, you know the utmost respect for Les Snead and, and his staff, obviously, and Sean McVay and just the decision-making that's going on to – to go from, you know, the dumpster in, you know, two years to, you know, you were in the Super Bowl. Um, yep. It's pretty crazy. So first off, I just want to say that I don't think it's a, you know, do or die scenario. I think either one they will hit a home run with. And I, I got to say, I mean, you know, I, I would probably go best available because I think now more than ever, you can go best available. Um, you're picking at 31. Uh, so, you know, you're not you don't have a ton of needs. And then let's be real here. The needs, I mean, like, and, and I really want to to challenge people that are listening. You know, do you think letting somebody like Indomitian Sue go and, and putting in, you know, JFM next to like John Franklin Myers uh, next to Aaron Donald and, and Michael Brockers, like, do you think that would take away two wins? Seriously, like, 13 three teams, right. you think that takes two wins off there? I don't even think it takes one. So, right. you know, and, and that may be the case. They may, you know, they may lose one extra game or, or two. And, and I'm not knocking Sue, but I'm not like Aaron Donald, you take him off, that would be different. Um, but I just, to me, I don't feel like that, you know, really, because at the end of the day, it's all about winning and losing games. And you want to win games, obviously. And and I don't feel like that's a big issue. And then LaMarcus Joyner. I mean, how many games do you feel like you win without him? And how many f games do you feel like you win with him? I feel like it'd probably be the same. We saw Blake Countess, his first game, uh, you know, as a starter, he picks off the pass. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he had a decent uh, start. So I, I know the Rams um, really like what they have back there. Him. 
Uh, you know, obviously Marquis Christian, friend of the podcast. And then I would even make the argument friend of the podcast, um, you know, Stephen Parker, a UDFA that, you know, he signed a futures deal. They like him more than people are realizing. I don't think many Rams fans know he's on the roster still. And right. I think he's somebody to watch out for, just like his counterpart um, from Oklahoma, Obaniah Okoronkwo. Um, which is why I kind of wonder if they will even look at the edge position. But at the right. same time, I want to pitch this to you. On the podcast uh, recently, um, and we've we've done a lot. I mean, like, you know, Alexis has been, you know, big on just getting something out every night almost. Um, so really, I mean, it's kind of hard to say, oh, just the last podcast, probably three right. podcasts ago. <laughs> but but we, we did a, um, a fan... Uh, like a game we we use Spotrack, so we were we were basically doing a live podcast while using Spotrack and having a free agency game like we use the managed roster tool and we both put together our rosters and i actually had the rams cutting mike brockers i didn't have them bringing back um sue i had them getting rid of sullivan and getting rid of i believe tansel smart as well as letting lamarcus joiner go and cutting mark barrett now I brought back Corey Littleton on a restricted free agent deal. Um, that to me, that's no brainer and I'm the biggest fan of his. So I don't, yeah. you know, anybody that wants to fight me on that, go right ahead. But I'm the biggest fan of Corey Littleton probably. Um, so huge fan of his. And then, you know, I was actually, and I want to get your take on this. I was a fan of uh, bringing Danny Shelton on. Um, you know, I think, Malcolm Brown struggled this year. I think Danny Shelton honestly might stick with the Patriots because I think they might turn on the guy they drafted in Malcolm Brown out of Texas and basically sign Danny Shelton. Um, It's not really Patriot like to do that. Although they did that with Stefan Gilmore, you know, as opposed to paying their own in Malcolm uh, Butler. But I think, uh, you know, Danny Shelton is somebody that, isn't really anybody that the Rams have had. Um, He's a different type of player. I mean, 340 pound gap eater um, that has a decent amount of uh, pass rushing ability, but he's really a run stuffer and you get him right in the middle. You have a true nose tackle. So now you have a true nose tackle. You have Aaron Donald and you have JFM or Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers. In this case, I had JFM. I was not going to replace JFM. I think he can start. Um, really impressed with what he did his rookie year, considering he was kind of like this, you know, shot in the dark and he ends up being the Rams rookie of the year. So got to give him props. Um, I also like the idea of uh, moving Samson Ibukam to inside backer. So, right. You know, you, you go, cause I think he's very athletic um, watching his film, you know, back at Eastern Washington, I, I was kind of surprised he was an edge guy. So you look at him and you're like, okay, well, like, what can we add on the edge? You know, obviously, I think a Preston Smith would make um, some sense. Um, you know, I think there are definitely, you know, multiple guys out there in this draft. I, I would really like, you know, Jalen Ferguson. So, you know, I think you, you go out, you draft Jalen Ferguson, maybe the third round because he falls because he w- didn't participate in the combine because he was disinvited. And I won't get into how lame that is. Um but, you know, then they get, you know, say Jalen Ferguson and then you bring back Fowler. So you, you bring back Fowler, you pay Fowler, you you kick um, you, you, you kick Ibukam in at uh, inside back or you try that. You know, you see if that works because Ibukam's not cutting it for me as an edge guy. Um, I don't feel like he sets the edge well and I don't think he really gets a ton of pressure on the quarterback. He had one unbelievably amazing game, but he's kind of proven to this point. It's been an anomaly. So that's just my take. Um, then 
you know, I, I mentioned I got rid of Sullivan. So you you grab one of the best centers in the league in Matt Paradis, uh, a guy that is mm. bound to be a free agent uh, center. Um, I don't believe the, the Broncos will pay him. So I paid him around eight to nine million. And I know that's a lot, but he's 29 years old. You give him a three year deal at that level or give him four. And I think he could give you like some really good, um, you know, some really good snaps there. I also brought Saffold back on a six to seven million annually, um, you know, probably a three year deal as well because um, he is up there in age. So you have Saffold now. You have Whitworth if he stays. If not, I'm a big fan of Joe Noteboom. Yep. Interviewed him at last year's Senior Bowl. So that was a lot of fun. So you have either Noteboom or Whitworth. Then you have, uh, you know, Saffold. Then you have Paradis. And then I'm sorry, I know everyone wants to somehow, you know, forget that Austin Blythe had an amazing 11 game, you know, start um, and struggled towards the end of the year. But I mean, he's a good football player. So I'm good keeping him in at right guard. And then you sign Havenstein long term at right tackle. So now all of a sudden you have a little, uh, you know, more dominant offensive line than you did last year because you instantly upgraded the center position, which is the second most important position on the offense. Um, beside, you know, behind quarterback. I mean, obviously you could make the argument for left tackle, but the center is the, the quarterback of right. the quarterback. So, well, I love, know, I love those, I love those cuts that you did as far as you know, on the defense side and saving some bucks. I think, you know, I could agree with pretty much all of those, uh, Sullivan at the center position. Again, we saw him, you know, getting plowed over, uh, and, and multiple times to end the season and kind of, you know, slowed down in his older age. Maybe it's time to move on there. Uh, I'm curious to see what Denver is going to do at that center position. You talked about a chance to go get Pratis and, and what that might look like. They just got, you know, uh, Flacco over there. You talked about important the center position is you think they would want to put some money into kind of solidifying their line. I'm curious to see if they'll let him go. But again, you're right with money and then how things float around. They may be in that position of, I don't want to say blowing it up because they obviously are still going out trying to win ball games. They've got a, you know, a halfway decent team, especially on, you know, some of the young running backs they have out there, but going to be curious. And if they do, I would love to see us add a few guys from their team. We talked about, um, you know, uh, Brandon Marshall that was let go. I think he's going to come at a discounted price in a linebacker area. I don't know exactly, Shaquille you know, how Barrett. we can, Shaquille Barrett's another guy. Uh, you're even looking at, yeah, I know some, the kind of yeah. the, the exciting news of, Von Miller. It's not even an option at this point, but you never know if you, I mean, that's where we were with Akeem Tlaib last year at this point. You know, he kind of, you know, they didn't know where they were going to go with them and we're, that'd be awesome to get Akeem over there and reunite some Wade people. And, and all of a sudden it goes down. So uh, those guys have done deals in the past. I'd love to see kind of how that can, you know, kind of work together, but you're right. Looking at that offensive line, how it can be rebuilt and Austin Blythe, again, great rookie talent. I think I'm with you on Joe Noboom and and what he can do, kind of stepping into the fold if need be. Uh, A lot of exciting things, man. I'm super excited to kind of chat this out. Um, Awesome having you on, Jake. I appreciate it, guys. Make sure to go find him at Downtown Rams on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, excuse me, on the website, downtownrams.com. Always putting up great articles. They are now pumping out content all over the place, uh, podcasts as well. We're going to try to have... Uh, Jake or someone from downtown Rams on every week during the offseason kind of chat over more draft news, more uh, names that you may know, may not know all the happenings that are happening in the NFL and, and how that really affects the Rams. Jake, thanks so much for coming on, man. I can't wait to see what you guys got going on next over there at downtown Rams and uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. 
Absolutely. It's, it's been a pleasure. Um, I probably talked your ear off, but Hey, you know, you, you kind of gave me the mic there and I, I, uh, I always enjoy that. So, you know, um, anytime you need me, I'd love to, to come on and uh, talk to your listeners. Uh, thanks again, guys, for listening to me. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. I mean, I, this guy grinds uh, just as much as I do. So, you know, I, I really, I appreciate it. Um, I love this community, as you know, Barry. And, um, you know, I think it's it's been a lot of fun doing this. And I, I look forward to uh, seeing you all. If, if you're new, uh, let me know. Like, just like, seriously, if, if you're going to, you're going to comment on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, say you brand new follower, liker, whatever you want to call it, uh, just say, oh, I heard you on uh, Bears podcast. Like, boom, there you go. Like, I want to know where you guys came from. Cause I, I mean, I'm, I'm always, I'm always game for that, man. I, I, I think it's really cool. And once again, I really appreciate you, uh, you know, having me. Of course, man. We're gonna have a bunch of fun this off season, and hey, man, that's why we have you on to ramble. That's, I mean, that's that's what I'm good at. So that's what I love, kind of tossing it over. And and you're saving my voice a little bit here, so I appreciate that as well. <laughs> I know you've had a long day, so we appreciate you coming on. And we'll talk to you next week, hopefully, if not very very soon. Uh, you take it easy, and guys, make sure to check them out, Downtown Rams. Hey, Locked On listeners, you already love our network of NFL shows, so why go anywhere else for the fantasy football information you need to know for the 2020 season? You just need to check out Locked On Fantasy Football, hosted by me, Vinny Iyer. We're counting down to the season by breaking down players and teams every day. It's no-nonsense, straight-to-the-point, smart fantasy football analysis that has only two goals in mind, helping you dominate your drafts and win your league championship. That's Locked On Fantasy Football, only on the Locked On Network.